We're going to see if this is working. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, it's not desktop audio. It's uh, mic audio. Okay. My mic's working. Can you say something? Testing, testing. One, two, three. All right. Testing, we are. <laughs> Sweet. We're live too. Okay. I'm going to go check. Just making sure everything is uh, working properly. Because it's, it's just like every time we take time off, I come back and there's some sort of issue. Yeah, right. There's always something. And I don't change anything. And that's that's always what's so like. Oh, yeah. That reminds me. I need to pull up the Lord of the Rings stuff. Bro, seriously. Uh, almost for good. What do you have to pull up? The Lord of the Rings stuff. Ah. For us to talk about briefly. I figured we could just talk about in the beginning and then we can get into the other movies. stuff. Yeah, that's fine. What? Hello, Matthew. What's going on, Matthew? We are All the back. Way in we are back. Hoppington. Back. I don't know. Oh, man. Oh, wait. Why am I looking here? I was looking at the wrong one. All right. Uh, I guess I need to post the link to this, right? I guess so. Come on, Copy. David, get in gear, man. <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna mess up the chat for a second. Forgive me, everyone. Eventually, we're gonna have to get back to our openings and stuff. I guess. I guess. Dude, it's too good. I enjoyed it for the podcast playing it. It's <laughs> always a, a, you know, a surprise on what clip, and then you get that, you know, air July politicking mm-hmm. opening, and, and boom, which is uh, royalty free. Yes, uh, that was one of the reasons that I decided to pick something from that because I, you know, I bought that album for like 15 bucks or whatever and he was like yeah all the music on there is royalty free so you can use it for projects or whatever you want to so i was like all right all right let's do it yes long time no see i hope you're doing well matthew yeah man i figured you know once i start my new position i'll start putting out clips and everything because it's just been i've been working 75 hours a week yeah so, so i think what i'm going to end up doing um is instead of breaking things into pieces, uh, my plan, the goal, hey Jenna, is to just EFAP this, like just, you know, full on, we're gonna release the live, the live will stay up maybe till like the next morning or something like that, or I may get to the point where I'm just immediately um, unlisting the live and then Mm re-uploading it as a full video. Oh yeah. So hour, hour and a half, whatever. That's about the length of one of our, you know, like Lord of the Rings reviews or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way we're getting that content out there, but I'm not having to spend extra time editing, you know, finding like, okay, this is the good spot or whatever. And then I can put a uh, thumbnail together pretty quickly. And then that'll be out there for anyone who like misses the live and then they'll be able to do that and then we'll just start archiving it that way uh and then of course if we ever have like little stuff or we ever have like some you know it it doesn't have to be hold you know hard and fast if we ever want to do like a special thing like if we're gonna review episodes of something we might just make that its own standalone thing aside from the podcast or whatever 
Yeah, no, I hear you. We'll see. I we'll still see. think breaking them down into videos helps. Slight smaller it, it, segments. Oh, you know? Yeah, I, I'm sure it does. I just, it, you know, it, it's it, it just can't be done right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Um, I hear you, man. I, mean, I hear you. Because those uh, Lord of the Rings videos we posted, what, early last year? And then leading into the Rings of Power, it did great for us and the mm-hmm. smaller other ones. So I think... Posting the long format is good, and then those, you know, like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I mean. Yeah. So, and maybe eventually we can find a way to act, to, to do that. Um, I don't know if it would help you out if, if I even just clipped it, so to say, like time-stamped it and got it ready for you, and then if you did the thumbnails, and then once I learned thumbnails, I can probably <laughs> take them over. Yeah, potentially. Um, potentially. Missed you too, Jenna. Uh, I think we're both doing well. I'm doing well. I'm probably I've probably got too much caffeine in my system right now. Um, I feel you on that. I'm doing well too. Just busy and tired as usual. I uh, I'm trying to catch up on everything. Um, I think the this I guess this is technically the end of spring anime. Um, so Demon Slayer Demon Slayer just ended yesterday. Which I and Joseph doesn't really know a whole lot about this for the most part, but uh, Demon Slayer Joseph Demon Slayer is one of these animes that like it's really pretty, uh, so it's very well drawn, but it's just kind of like okay. Like it has its moments where it's really really good, um, and other times where you're kind of like, all right, like this is entertaining. But the substance of it, you know, the character development, a lot of that stuff, it's weird, um, the way that they handle a lot of it. Uh, Is it it, written by an American? No, no, no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, It's just, so it frustrates me, and I'll explain why it frustrates me, because you'll you'll be able to understand this. So, what happens a lot of the time is that they'll be in the middle of some sort of, like, pretty intense moment. And, you know, it's very, the the show's very life or death for pretty much every character. And so a character, whether they end up living or not, um, at a key moment of, like, potential death, they'll have this, like, flashback of their life and, like, what went right. And so, like, that's how they're getting the sort of, like, exposition and character development across uh, because... It's so it's sort of like flashbacks, but it's all still technically happening uh, in that. So it's like you know, like uh, a, you know, some a character will be about to die, and all of a sudden they'll be like, "I remember being a child," and you're like, "Oh!" And so the whole that's episode, how, uh, Citadel was. Oh, they kept really? Doing flashbacks, yeah. Once yeah. you get past episode two, I think maybe even in episode two, but like it just the rest of the episodes are just nothing but flashbacks. It seemed like, mm-hmm. and I. I just think there's better ways to do it. I just it's just not a style that I appreciate as far as writing is concerned. But people love it and I, I think it's a it's decent. <laughs> wow, cringe. <laughs> um <laughs> Jenna. Um but it's you know, it's it's all right. It's it's fun to watch. Um I had to, I, I I started it last year and they just like I said, they just put the new season out and <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's um, true. Uh, they just put the new season out, and I had to end up switching over to subtitles because some of the English voice acting is just grating. 
Um, sometimes I actually think the English voice acting is better than the Japanese. Um, it just kind of depends on the show and how good the cast is. But yeah, it's uh, that that show in particular. I was like, I have to stop. There's this one character in it, and um, it's it's a it's a trope in anime that it's like they're the loud character. And this dude in particular just never stops screaming. He's it's like he's he's constantly like jacked up on something. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I'm like, oh man. I was like, I just gotta. I was like, I gotta see if the the Japanese is any better. And it's it works a lot better. Um, so anyway, want, anyway, I've been catching up on funny? a lot. Huh? Well, before I get into what's funny, uh, I'll actually be watching an anime next year. Uh, Lord of the Rings, but we can talk about that in That's a minute. T- t- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, well. Uh. Um, no, but so basically kind of what me and Kayla do is, it, you know, whoever picks the last movie, the next person gets to pick a movie. And so, and we have to watch it no matter what it is. And so like, Sheesh. what was it last week or the week before last? And I forgot to bring this up. She picked the Tinkerbell movie. And I sat through and watched that. And in a lot of ways, it actually was better than The Rings of Power and in a lot of different ways. But right after that, I made her watch The Raid. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I was like, I got you. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Not The Raid. I was going to do that. It was Dread. Ended up making oh, her watch. Yeah, like, they're both, you know, yeah. both very good. Did you... Two totally different ends of, ends of the yeah. spectrum right there. Um, Dread, yeah. Dread is, is very good. Um, Jenna was asking me if I've watched a Black Clover movie yet, and I haven't, um, because I'm, tr- I don't have Netflix, and f- I w- was trying to find other means to watch the English dub of the movie, and I couldn't find it, so I may have to, uh, break down and purchase Netflix for a month. Yeah, Jenna, I'm sure people could probably find out online pretty easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's like people, there's people who found a flag in the middle of nowhere. uh, (laughs) You know. Coordinated. Oh, man. Um, So you ready to get into the Lord of the Rings news? Yeah. Jenna, I've seen clips of the English dub so m- maybe they haven't released that version of it yet. Dang, if they have it, I may just I may have to just watch it in Japanese. Um, oh, but, you know what comes out in two weeks, right? Uh, Indiana Jones, right? No, who gives a crap about that? Uh, I, I know I what happens. Like the originals. Drink, drinker spoiled the the whole thing. Or no, it was Chris Chris Gore uh, uh-huh. spoiled the whole thing, which I was fine with because exactly like it's just sort of sad. So they 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 did rewrite a lot of it, mm-hmm. um, and they uh, it, it just it went from being like really really bad as far as the way that the ending was rumored to just sort of being sad, like just a really pathetic send off. So yeah, and they the last what few movies have bombed for Disney at the box office uh, the little mermaid and then this uh, elemental movie has bombed uh-huh. so. and indiana jones is looking at a 60 million opening weekend so i think it's going to bomb yeah i think we're ha- then, disney is having some problems right now for sure the flash should bomb too yep <laughs> it's worse than black adam <laughs> yeah yeah 
Um, no surprise. I mean, a lot of that probably right. has to do with Ezra Miller. Um, yep. I I think well, it's hard to say at this point. That you know maybe it still wouldn't have done very well even if Ezra hadn't been involved. I I just hadn't. I I just had. I don't have any interest in it, and I'm really wondering, man, if some of that that superhero fatigue is really truly setting in because of bad writing. It's one um, of those things too. With yeah. uh, my wife was asking me if she if I wanted to watch Andor last week, and I was like, no. She was like, is it any good? I'm like, yeah, I've heard it's good, and I watched the first episode and I enjoyed it, but I just don't care. I just don't have any interest. It's like, I hey, Star Wars yeah. doesn't interest me anymore. No, you know, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I'm going past it. I, I know a lot of people are upset about that new Star Wars game that Amy Henning is involved with because uh, woman protagonist or whatever, and they're do they they said some some like dog whistle words or something during the the reveal. I mean, I haven't I haven't watched it. I just saw a couple of people, right. and part of me was like rolling my eyes because I'm like I don't know, man. I was like it looks kind of cool. You know, it's still probably a little too early to tell, but I, it's just. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I hope we haven't gotten to the point where, you know, a character having like a a kind of like tough backstory that they're trying to overcome, and it it's also a woman, just like sends certain people into a rage. You know, it's like can we can we wait for it to like Luke come Carter out at it again? Yeah, can we? I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I get it. You know, we we talk about this stuff a lot, but there's part of me that's like, can we? I mean, y'all gave the ginger in Star Wars a chance. I feel like we should give the lady a chance before we like you know, go after it for like its actual merits, not because of some stupid thing that like a developer says. They you know, producers, developers, people say stupid stuff all the time. Um you know, maybe we should try to be just a little bit better than you know. Look at you being in a generous mood. I'm not about to be a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the year of boycott. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of true. Uh, I'm no, just, I agree with you though. It's just, just like anytime there's <laughs> a female-led movie, because there's so many that have come out, and so many who have been just strong girl boss Mary Sue movies. Uh-huh. That it's like now that all films seemingly seemingly have that cloud behind them if the main protagonist is a female and she's some type of warrior. Uh, but that actually leads me right into. We have news, some breaking news of the Lord of the Rings, the War of the Rehirim from last week. They showed uh, some material from it at the at a festival in New Zealand, I think, or Australia. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, but so the news is that, and I think I may have even talked about this last year when we first brought it up, uh, but I was worried or concerned that they were probably going to use his helm hammerheads Hammerhand's daughter as the uh, main protagonist, but and that is confirmed. Philip Boyens confirmed it. So the War of the Harem is going to be led by his daughter, who was unnamed in the books in Appendix A, uh, but her name is Hera, which is actually funny because Hera means one who obeys. Uh, and so <laughs> <laughs> when we look at Helm Hammerhand. There's only what I believe, if I remember correctly, and the appendix A, it's a short story, like three paragraphs long. But I mean, just because Tolkien's writing so good, you get sucked right into it. Yeah. And 
you know, when I was thinking about this and when it was announced, I was like, great, it'd be awesome if this was a in-depth character study of Hell Hammerhead, Hammerhead, Hammer Hand, and, you know, Fekka and who was his uh, nephew, if I remember correctly, and Wolf and all that stuff, right? Just a good in-depth character study on Helm and kind of the why Helm's Deep became what it was and everything like that. But this is what I have to say for it uh, that was released last week. Uh, it started off the kind of, they showed the opening of the film and it's, and you hear the monologue from Hera and it says, I dry my wet eyes. I clean all these pages of notes and I tell you, but Lord, the we hear him is in very good hands. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's a quote. Sorry. I'm <laughs> breaking this from uh, a okay. fellowship of the fans. Let me get to it. Hang on. Uh, where's it at? I thought I had it up. Crap. Give me one second. I think I pulled up the wrong one. Ooh, no dead air. <laughs> yeah. My bad on that. No, but anyway, it starts off and is basically like her saying... Uh, Man, why did this not pull up? This is why this is why I get for not being for being too busy not having all this ready. <laughs> anyway, just let's let's keep let's keep going cuz All right, so anyway, um she's going to be the main protagonist and it's not going to be Helm. Now, that's what was kind of broke last week and the reason that I remember Philippa Boyens given is that everyone and not to spoil anything, but everyone dies in it. And so, I mean, obviously, you know, nobody's going to live for 400 years. That's a man. And uh, Lord of the Rings, with the exception of Dune and Dine, and I don't even think they live that long. But um, so Hera, the reason why they chose her and was because everyone else dies in it. And so it's kind of going to be the aftermath of uh, Helm's Deep getting founded and you know, all the wars and battles <laughs> that take place. Uh, but Philip Boyens was saying that it's not going to be your typical warrior princess movie. But I find it a bit odd that they're choosing to go that route. Just given, I guess, the when I was reading the article, there were some dog whistles, as they like to say. Uh, it's good work. That kind of spoke to me. I'm trying to find it right now, but I am extremely unprepared. <laughs> well, I, you know, hopefully it doesn't just follow the trends. Hopefully it's good, you know? Uh, it, it sounds to me maybe, and, and you can just tell me if uh, I'm wrong on this anywhere, but it it, it sounds to me like she isn't is she not an actual character in the lore so she is unnamed they named her uh, she's briefly mentioned but okay. she's not there's nothing in depth about her okay and so she survives is what you're telling me right yeah she's the only one that survives okay this uh, the first thing that this made me think of was halo reach a little bit um, I guess that's technically a little bit different, um, but just the idea of sort of a character that's 
basically just there to be the the perspective of everything going on. Um, right. so it it could be that that's what they are trying to do. Um, and so she may not be like, you know, warrior princess like, you know, girl boss, if you will. <laughs> Ugh, I threw up in my mouth a little bit saying that, but. Um, it just makes me wonder if that's kind of what they're they're gonna go for, um, or are we just gonna get another like Galadriel incident? So I have it right here. I finally found the article, although I don't have the quote uh, of the opening monologue uh, narration, so to say, that uh, the actress that plays Hera goes into. Uh, but anyway, so in the article. Uh, it says, you know, one of the most anticipated movies of 2024 is a throwback to the early 2000s on Middle Earth, War of the Rehiram. And executive producers Jake, Jason DeMarco and Philip Boyens, as well as director director Kenji Kamiyama, I'm probably pronounced that wrong, and producer Joseph Koo took to the stage with Boyens talking about how the idea for Lord of the Rings animated movie has been in talks for years. Basically about getting the style and to get the style right and then diving into the story after that it was all about finding the right story one that was more than just a side story but in between the movies so we're not dictated by the ring or by Sauron's shadow but it's very much exists in this world boyan said so the war the rehiram isn't going to ignore the third age of middle earth even if it isn't a direct part of the story and then they just go on to mention how um you know there's it's just a short story for three key paragraphs in Appendix A, exactly what I was saying. And then Boyan says, it's not just about war, but it's about the wreckage of war. And in the appendices, we learn of Helm, Hammerhand, and his children, Hama and Halith, who are his sons, and his daughter, who is unnamed. Uh, but obviously, they name her Hera in this. No big deal. Don't don't really mind that. Even though that's the name of uh, Zeus's wife, which I found. Uh, kind of odd considering, um, you know, Tolkien-based everything uh, from English history. Not not necessarily everything, but mostly. Uh, but I doubt he would have used Greek mythology. Anyway, when asked why <laughs> they chose to her to lead the story, Boyings replied, everyone dies. And before you start complaining, this is already in the text. And also, the story takes place centuries before the movies. So who is Hera? For one, Boyings was quick to point out they didn't want her to just be a warrior princess. Instead, they took inspiration from real history, like Tolkien often did with Iathed, Athafled? Oh, man, I cannot pronounce that. Lady of the Americans. Uh, and daughter of Wexus King Alfred the Great, serving as inspiration for Hera. And that's pretty much pretty much it. And the quote I was referring to in the opening narration was, do not look for her in old songs, for there are none. Now, I don't even necessarily have her have a problem with her being a warrior princess, considering like there's good argument to be had with the shield maidens of Rohan. Um and it seems to indicate, at least Eowyn does, and their turn of the king that, you know, they fought alongside men. Yeah. But it was one of those things that the Rohirrim or the Eothed, uh differentiated between professional soldiers and then non-professional soldiers. And so it seems more likely that, just like with Eowyn, 
like her main she wasn't forbidden to go to war and return the king in that last battle because she was a woman it was because she was going to be the interim ruler of her people right and in case they lost uh the battle uh they would have wanted her to protect the people uh-huh. and so you know i think if they kind of go that route and i don't think they're going to go that route if i remember correctly in this they talk about how one of the kings during that time is trying to get rid of the shield maidens and so it seems very much that it's going to go the on the news that we have the brief news with the dog whistles the feminist route mm. but if it's more of a kind of like a theoden and Hammerhand, you know, is kind of like Theoden, and then Hera's kind of like Eowyn I want type relationship. I wouldn't necessarily hate that. I think that would be good. I just don't want her to be the main protagonist because yeah. I just don't. It's like she's like not even mentioned hardly in the story. Yeah, it's like at least let us get to know Helm. And again, well, who knows? So it, this is just I'm just taking this from the way that a lot of this stuff's typically written for. Mm-hmm. Uh, audiences if you will um a lot of the time they pick a character who has no real history or backstory or is sort of just a blank slate um so that that can be the viewpoint for the audience so typically they're like if you look at any any sort of main character um from uh, a movie, usually they're not always. It's not always the case, but they're typically not the most interesting character in the story, you know, because they're the one one that is like experiencing. So, like Luke, to a degree, is probably the one of the least interesting characters in Star Wars. Um, he has he has like a pretty traditional character arc you know it's not that he doesn't have that right he's not totally blank slate through the entire movie but he's the one that you're sort the audience is sort of going on this adventure through and a lot of the time it's the uh you know the other characters in the story that are typically have more character if you will like they're han solo is you know full of character there's a reason why he's so popular um, same with someone like C-3PO or Chewbacca or R2-D2. Whereas Luke, it's like, he's living with his aunt and uncle, gets the call to adventure, you know, basically saves the galaxy, and that's kind of his arc, right? Where, right. you know, with a lot of other characters, you get to be maybe a little more, like, edgy with them, or you get to do different things with these different types of characters, and... Um, sometimes they're a lot more memorable and maybe Luke's not the best example, but that's kind of the idea. It's like, um, you know, uh, how I met your mother, Ted is probably nobody's favorite character cause he's just sort of there, you know, right. um, everything's happening around him and, and you're seeing everything through his eyes, but like he's not the most interesting character in that story, in that story. People typically like all of the other characters more. Um, you might. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I guess yeah. I just find it weird that since, you know, we have these characters who are named, why yeah. not well, they're, focus they're, more on them and have. Well, they know, might. There may still be a lot of focus on them. It's just not directly through. Like the point of view. Their point of view. For the yeah. audience. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
parents are going to be more of the point of view and then you get to know them. I guess I yeah, just, you might get to I guess see my more concern was like, I, it'd be, it would be odd to me. And again, I don't think we have enough information and go on to sure. make firm, you know, conclusions and everything like, Oh, they're injecting feminism and stuff like that. Right. right, right. Obviously we've said from the very beginning that, with even specifically talking about Lord of the Rings, that we don't expect them to match everything one for one, like not even Amazon to match everything one for one, but to be true to Tolkien's, <laughs> you know, ideas and themes and spirit. And the, you know, the more you're close to the source material, the better it's going to be. Right. Right. And, and so yeah. I just hope that she doesn't there. overshadow Helm. I feel you. And I, I think it's a valid, I think every, all of the concerns that you have are completely valid. So. Like, she doesn't have a more prominent role than he does. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm not going, I don't care about Hera. That's not who I've read about. Like, yeah, it's I like, hope it's oh, not like great. a 15-minute or 20-minute or even 30-minute thing. And then the last, you know, hour, hour and a half of the movie, because I think it's going to be like two hours and ten minutes, is about her. Yeah. And how to rebuild Eterus yeah, from she, it being destroyed. And again, she could be just like, uh, you know, like, oh, maybe a... A good example is like I'm wondering if what they're the kind of plot or sort of like story trope they're going for is something similar to say like the last samurai where it's like you're kind of seeing this you're seeing this culture through a specific character's eyes um and that's the person who's kind of you know still alive at the end, so they're the one who's essentially narrating the story. Um, there's a lot of movies that do that. Uh, and so, you know, it is kind of a toss-up right now. We could totally just get, you know, par for the course, you know, Galadriel-type character, and it's we all could. that, and, and Helm is, is the a... one that added... Philip is the one that added uh, Tariel in The Hobbit. Oh. That was a really useless character. <laughs> um, yeah, I, there's a lot of... It's Unfortunately, we are in a time where there is a higher percentage chance that they're going to do something r- like pretty drastically wrong than nail it. Um, yeah. It's just kind of where we're at, you know? Yeah, and again, it's like there's nothing wrong with original characters and going that route and it's just and everything. not but it's, it's just it's not what the like, core as long as it's not what the core not, base of lord of the rings wants yeah it's, you know it's no matter like, what the weirdos on on tiktok are telling their audiences like those guys are just can they not read uh, a room you know what i mean yeah you know again i don't think we have enough information to determine anything with 100 percent certainty but it's kind of like now that things are coming out uh i don't know if this is a good idea but we'll see and i hope i hope i'm wrong. i don't want to be right but i hope i'm wrong i i hope it's not that way either honestly um i, I you know i'm i'm i think this has a this has great potential to course correct yeah it's going to release in the movie theater so i'll definitely be going to see it there oh yeah for sure um i'm actually thinking about going to see uh oh shoot what's that new Wes Anderson movie that's coming out the name of it's slipping my mind but his new movie comes out 
I think this weekend everywhere. Asteroid I City, I think is what it's called. Uh, um, he hasn't I know put... there's Barbie, Oppenheimer, and Mission mm-hmm. Impossible coming out. Yeah, yeah. That, there, there's some big stuff coming out, but like, I, I just saw that. I remember seeing the trailer for it in something I saw uh, oh, a few yeah. times back, and I was just kind of like, oh man, I was like, that just kind of makes. I'm I I'm a little nostalgic for uh his movies at this point because it's stuff that I've been watching since high school. Um and so all you. Yeah, uh, but it's it's something that's like oh man, I it's gotten to the point where we've gone full circle where Wes Anderson eventually just kind of became he became the guy that's like well this is his style. Then now it's like oh man, this is seeming extra creative recently compared mm. to just all of this other just same old yeah like flash and black adam and and it's just like okay little mermaid yeah so man quantumanium part eight yeah so to have something that's a little more stripped down that's got you know a lot of character to it um you know might end up sucking but i i'm just kind of happy to see something that it's crazy that it went from kind of being like, man, we've gotten a lot of Wes Anderson stuff to like, oh, dang, I'm actually really happy this exists. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like a lot of his stuff. Um, it, right. It's just, it's nice to, to to have something. But yeah, I'm looking forward to Mission Impossible for sure. Um, we'll see how Oppenheimer is. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of people really like Christopher Nolan and I like a lot of his stuff, but he's... Uh, he may have gotten into the territory of no one wants to tell him no anymore. Yep. And that's what I'm concerned about. And that his stuff has slowly become more and more uh, spectacle rather than legitimately good. Um, Because Tenet was trash. You know, it's funny. It took me a little while to really come to that opinion because – I remember going to see that and being like, oh, I'm like, maybe I'm missing something, but I wasn't. That movie was just kind of trash. Um, and, yeah, we'll uh, yeah. yeah. And Barbie. I'm excited. I'm excited for the Barbie movie. You're going to see Barbie. Excited. When is Barbie, yeah. when's Barbie coming out? I think it's the same weekend as. Is it this weekend? I think it's the same weekend when as Oppenheimer. Is Barbie releasing. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, it just seems very creative, and you know, uh, I like Ryan Gosling. Oh, July twenty first. So we and have, we have a little, almost a month. Yeah, I think that's when Oppenheimer comes out too, and I think Mission Impossible comes out like maybe a week before it. Yeah, um, Greta Ger- Gerwig's a pretty good director. What's going on, Jake? Haven't seen you in a hot <laughs> minute. Welcome back, you stranger. I, I shamed him uh, recently. Everybody in the troll room, please shame Jake. Just you know, <laughs> completely troll him and give him lashes for not being here for a while. So, bef- uh, but in next week, uh, part one of The Witcher comes out. Uh, yay! I know. Hey, maybe good numbers for us. Jeez. Yeah. Still have to watch. Then we get part two at the end of July. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) At least you get to see Henry Cavill a little bit. I guess. I mean, the best part of the show, you get to see him. I'm just ready for it to. I know. I'm just ready for it to be done. I I just. Isn't that sad? Yeah. The state of things right now. 
Um, before right, we get Spider-Man. well, before we get into Spider-Man, I do want to mention uh, Eric July and his campaign for Isom Number Two. Uh, it's currently just under one point five million dollars in sales. Um, nice. yeah, he sold nearly twenty five hundred comics. Um, and it's only been, what's today, Monday? Yep. It's only been a week. Dang. Today man. was a week. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's doing really, really well. Uh, congratulations to him and his team. Um, I got a reader's copy and a sealed copy signed sealed copy which i may be picking up a second one on friday if they still have it uh it just kind of depends um but yeah he's 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 doing great man um it's good to see you know people are really excited about this they're just happy to have um something good that's just about the story something that yeah that somebody that's writing about this stuff who's passionate about it he's bringing on some pretty big uh names from the comic world uh for some of the other books which has me almost even more excited um so alpha core and yaira are supposed to come out this year and um he's got legitimate comic pros writing those books um, as well as the, the people who are doing the anim like the animation for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I found that out, it was almost like, Oh man, I'm almost more excited. Uh, you know, it's like just like over that line where you're like, Oh man, I'm almost a little more excited to, to read this. Cause one of the guys, um, his name's slipping my mind right now. Um, this is, uh, this world is a little bit out of my, realm um he had the stuff about this on his site but i'm not seeing it now oh chuck dixon thank you jenna um yeah chuck dixon uh i believe created bane from batman yeah he did so when you're just like, oh yeah, the guy who created Bane is writing a comic book for me. You just kind of go, yeah. uh, okay, like that's that's real. Like you actually got that guy, um, and and it just is like, all right, now I'm starting to really really get interested in what like it went from like. Because there's a lot of uh, there, there's a speculators market, and I'm getting into some of this other side of this. There's a speculators market in comic books, meaning, say for instance, like I Isom, you're kind of speculating that Isom as a series and Ripaverse as a thing um, will potentially get uh, big enough to where having a sealed copy of Isom number two signed by Eric July could be worth something in the future more than it already is because like where it stands you know (laughs) unless some sort of like awful you know heinous thing happens uh the that's gonna uh retain its value right 
And so it's kind of like, all right, so it's sitting here. But if this series gets to a point where it's so popular that there's like tons of people who are completely outside of our typical world, um, they start getting into this stuff. You could potentially, and again, this is why it's a speculator's market. Um, the same way, it, you know, this this is the same with stocks or Bitcoin or whatever you want to, you know, talk about in, in that respect. That potentially there could be a lot of value in that in the future. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, I want to read these anyway because it's nice to be able to start at the very beginning of a comic series. Um, especially with Marvel and DC, you don't you don't really get the opportunity to do that. I was talking to uh, Jake D recently about it uh and i told him i was like at this point I- i'm just kind of follow isom and that like the whole ripiverse stuff and then the occasional one-off comic that someone recommends uh like jenna recommended uh the last ronin to me and it's just a it's it's basically a one-off like there's a chance that they're gonna write a sequel book because it has like a to to be continued at the end um but that's that's all right I- i'm not trying to like go back and search through the history of like Batman and like read certain books and do and I'm just like I don't have time for it it's like I can't get that invested in something at this point that is like kind of on the the downturn you know um right so this is it's just kind of cool to to see all of this so him bringing on uh legit industry players to write these books um, because some of the guys that he he's had doing uh, Isom's artwork are as well, uh, but they're, you know, when when you got the guy that created Bane, you just kind of go, hmm, like there's there's something to that, right? Uh, so I'm you know I'm pretty stoked about that, uh, and I'm just I'm excited to to keep reading it because um, he's made a lot of really interesting characters, and uh, I just want to see more. Anyway. Uh, I just wanted to talk about Spider-Man briefly, um, because I don't know how much, do you know about a lot of the drama going on with this movie? Isn't there like a trans flag in it? It it kind of goes beyond that. Um, okay. That's the only thing I know. So I don't really pay attention to the, to it. I'm trying to think if there was an equivalent movie. Um, there's a lot of, what's the term? Uh, a lot of people writing, uh, like essentially head canon for this movie. Um, a lot of people were talking about, uh, and, and when I say people, I'm basically referring to stupid people on the internet um, who right. are w- w- like digging way too deep into a lot of this stuff. Like, um, there was. <laughs> there was a, a whole thing about like Gwen Stacy potentially being trans or like coming out as trans because she happens to be wearing she, her suit colors um happen to be like white, black, and pink, and that's like kind of the trans flag colors. And so everyone's going, Oh, it's this, it's totally this, and it's like where is that established in the story? Uh and I know you haven't seen it, it's not there. It's it's not a thing, um, but people are like making this up. They're they're talking about how like um, Miguel, I think his name is Miguel. Uh, forgive me, I spider my Spider Verse knowledge is is a little all over the place. But he's he's twenty ninety nine. Um, he's Latino, and a lot of people are like this this story is actually a um, a metaphor for uh, Latino and Black 
relations or whatever. <laughs> and, and it was just kind of like they're just interjecting oh dude the head, they want the into head it. cannon yeah. dude yeah. Uh, it, it, it's it was unreal to the point that i was like i'm gonna have to start blocking people who were coming up on my thing because i'm tired of hearing about this um you know uh the movie is all right um it's got good jokes it's got jokes that fall flat um, we have talked in the past about multiverse, um, you know, like multiverse type stuff, and they just, I, I told uh, Justin, friend of the show, Justin, who's been on before, that, so there's this whole, there's this scene, and I don't think this is really spoiling much, I mean, the movie's been out for a couple weeks now, um, it, uh, there's this whole scene where there's like, hundreds of spider-men of just like it was like what if we made a horse spider-man what if we made a dinosaur spider-man what if we made a car spider-man like they just take it to an extreme where after a while i was like uh i was like this is just i was like this is too much um well the whole multiverse thing is like that's the big cataclysmic event and it's kind of like where do you go after that yeah well this is sort of standalone now they're just doing this thing now where they want people on the internet to speculate about stuff so they throw a ton of easter eggs in i mean there's so many dude and it's kind of one of those things where uh you're kind of like oh okay like i had fun with it like don't get me wrong i i really like the first one um, I actually watched it on the plane on the way back from Ohio. No, not Ohio, from Oklahoma. And, um, yeah, there's, like, a pregnant Spider-Woman, which is, like, canon to the comics, but it doesn't mean that it's still not stupid. This is one of the things that drives me kind of crazy about the argument of, like, well, it's in the comics, and it's like, well, just because it's in the comics, it doesn't make it some sort of gospel where you cannot criticize it, you know? Um, right. there's plenty of, I, I guarantee you there's plenty of stupid things that hap- happen in comics, uh, that probably shouldn't be in, you know, live action versions or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but all I had to say, it's like, you know, it's, well, it's kind of like, we talk about respect the source material, sure. but there's a reason why you can't have the, you know, tons of characters mentioned in yeah. the Lord of the Rings in you know, a movie. Right. There's reasons why some characters are chosen and some aren't Mm -hmm. because of the medium. And then, you know, as far as what you're referring to, it's the same thing. It's like (laughs) just because something is in the source material doesn't mean it's not without criticism. Exactly. Um, Because, you know, I talk about it, you know, we we talk about it with Tolkien a little bit, too, where it's like it's more of a I mean, it's a criticism. The. The first part of that book like he's doing a lot of world building but the yep. first part of fellowship is very slow and there's a reason why there's a lot of people that don't get past it um yep and it's like yeah you know the the pacing on it probably could have been a little better but at the same time there's an argument to be made where it's like well he's building up the world and he's that he's got created um but at the same time it's one of those things where it's like for film there's no way you put tom bombadil in fellowship because you yeah. lo- you just lose your audience. It'd be like, what are we doing? Like, what <laughs> what is Why? going on? Yeah. You know, if you want to do Where's a, it? 
yeah. television show, you could easily you could, do that. Yeah, and, you could totally dedicate an, an episode to something like that. Um, pacing is it's just important. Um, it's important whether you're writing, whether you're um, you know making a, a movie or TV show or whatever. Um, there has to be a certain amount of pacing, and you have to be able to kind of like switch things up. And you also have to like well, this is something I've been I've been kind of learning is that pacing is also dependent upon how you're selling the product. Um, yep. So take something like uh, I was trying to think of something that's a little more slow paced. Um, I can't think of anything. No dead, uh, no dead air, David. I know. I was I was trying to think of like a like something at least semi popular that people like um, that I've seen recently. Because <laughs> sometimes you know I'll be like, oh well, like the first thing that came to mind is like the Departed is pretty slow paced. Like, it's got moments, right? But you, with, I guess, okay, let's say this. Like, with a Scorsese movie, typically you know what you're going into. You're probably going to have a lot more dialogue. There's going to be a lot of drama. Um, You're not going to have a ton of, you're not going to see, like, Fast X, right? You're not, it's not a Fast and the Furious movie. Um, Those movies are paced differently, um, but people, there's certain expectations going into certain types of movies. Um so, dead air is weak. It's weak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, sure. yeah, and and actually, we'll we'll get into that with uh, this thing. But yeah, I I don't know if if you liked the first Spider Verse movie, you'll probably like this one. Um, I mean, I know that there was like a lot of controversy around it, but to be honest, it's it's pretty like tame. tame on that end you know like you're it's not there's some stuff in there that like if you're in internet culture you're going to be aware of um but if you're kind of a normie and you go see this you're just gonna be like yeah you know there's a lot of spider-mens flying around um and not everybody likes that and i i understand i understand that yeah but I, i it's not the first it's not the first movie i think the first movie was kind of um was, uh, borderline I want to say something special I, I the, the story's not exactly something new um, it's just well made um, but a lot of people just don't they've got a they've got beef with Miles Morales and I you know I get it but at the same time uh, I, you know the first Spider-Verse movies it's a good movie like I, you kind of can't take away yeah. from that even if you're upset about <laughs> how all of that uh works out like it's yeah it's a it's a pretty good origin story for like a a hero you know Uh, someone who has to like overcome their fears and uh step up in in the face of you know losing their family and friends and and all of that and you know you get in the okay so and one of the other reasons the whole stuff with like the gwen stacy like trans thing is annoying um is because it takes like a pretty um uh nice like romance between her and Miles and sort right. of really distorts it into something that's like did we really have to like make it that sexual like they're kids you know what i mean Every, and it yep. it's just like all I, that way now i know and and it's like a wholesome that. is the word that i was looking for it kind of took it from something wholesome and and it's just like oh great here you come Gotta gotta talk about 
you know, the genitals of the characters and who's what and what's going on in their head, even though, yeah, and it's just like, oh, here we go again, yay. Um, It's also kind of funny, too, because Miles Morales does refer to himself as Miles Morales and not Spider-Man in uh, the new movie, so uh, I was just like, oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, I don't know if, and to be honest, Lord and Miller may not even be aware of like internet culture and you know all of that stuff but that's how uh old dude joel is gonna die in season two is he uh calls a certain someone by the wrong pronoun oh yeah yeah, yeah. He, he he sees abby and he's like wow you're a uh strapping young man and she's like oh, i'm a woman and like smashes his face in with a golf club yeah, yeah. um all right so i i have no idea where you stand on this next thing that we're talking about, the last thing we're talking about tonight. Um, so I kind of, and you were the one that reminded me that this was out. So yes. I, I'm going to let you start um, and then we'll see where the conversation goes from there. So Joseph, what are we talking about? What is our movie review for, or like our main movie review for the week? Extraction 2. And I thought it was pretty good. Me too. I'll, get, I, I'll just get right into it. I thought it was pretty good. There are definitely a lot of funny scenes, a lot of things that <laughs> yeah. I noticed. That's like, oh, come on. Listen, though, after John Wick 4, <laughs> this is like the most realistic action movie that I've seen in a long time after yeah. that. like, <laughs> Dude, that, there, so there's the, the helicopter scene with him on the train. Yeah. <laughs> he hides that behind a ladder when he's shooting. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, he... He definitely, it, it's tough because I like the first one a lot because of I how, I, realistic's probably not the right term, but they really are trying to make it grounded and gritty. Um, he gets hurt a lot, you know, um, it, he doesn't just like jump out of a four-story window and immediately stand up and keep going, you know, yeah. <laughs> John Wick, but uh, there's a lot of... Or fall down like seven hundred stairs. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> lord! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I that part did crack me up. I actually kind of liked it. I, I was laughing really hard. That was the moment in John Wick when I was like, "Wait, are they trying to be funny?" I think they were. There's yeah. no way they weren't. And it was just like, it, it was a really weird. It was just so out of place for me because that's like slapstick humor, and I'm like, John Wick. These movies are supposed to be pretty serious. Like, yeah, I hope they just, lean into it more. It's kind of like that scene. It's kind of like with Fast X too. They kind of started le- leaning to it, and oh, then geez. number nine, there's that part where uh, they h- jump off the cliff and they are attached to some cable, and it wings them across com- like this 500 foot wide canyon into the other side. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I still need to see the new one. Me up. Um, but yeah, I thought it was hilarious how it's like. So it opens up, and they rescue him from, if you don't remember the last movie, he gets shot by a kid, and he um, ends up falling into the to river, and then they end up rescuing him as he washed up on shore, but he's in, like, intensive care ICU, what seemingly for many months. Uh, he has to use a cane and a walker, injured, and his, like, the whole montage is, like, him doing, like, what, five push-ups, one pull-up, 
throwing an axe and now he's good to go yeah they they do and i mean i, I get, I get it. it you're supposed to assume like okay there's been time lapse in between this and he's healed up now they do push it through was, it a little quick you know it was pretty funny they probably like, could have spent yeah they probably could have spent a little less time with him like in a coma there you know when we talk about pacing um i think the pacing in this is pretty much fine like i really don't have a problem with it but yeah there are those moments where you're like maybe you should have spent a little more time on him like recovering and not as much time on them trying to like keep him alive where he's just kind of laying in in the bed um cuz the movie's re- the movie really is at its best when chris hemsworth is like center stage mm-hmm. you know doing his thing um i, I thought it was a bit odd having idris El- uh as a elba alba elba I think Elba. it's Elba. I've always said Idris, like Idris Elba, because he doesn't. It's he's just there. He doesn't do anything. Just there for like yeah, a cameo. Yeah, it's pretty much like, hey, look, we got Idris Elba in the movie, and he's a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I wish he would have had a part in it. Yeah, I, I wish was, he would have actually been the bad guy. That would have been pretty. Well, cool. he 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 might. The way that the movie ends, they they kind of tease a sequel. Yep, and it isn't 100% sure of like what it really you know where that's really going to go from here um I'll say this this movie seemed to be made and acted with a lot of passion yeah um I for the most part I think that everyone's doing a good job that they're it works because it's just it's like a balls to the wall action movie for almost its entire runtime, like the, I think there's violence and shooting. Yeah, there's like two. <laughs> yeah, there's like two or three main action scenes, and they probably take up borderline an hour and a half of the movie. Yeah, uh, you get a little downtime, but to be honest, from this kind of movie, like that's exactly what I want. But when you're gonna do it, your action better be good, and I think they succeed there. Yeah, um, I do. I there was one part where I noticed that the guy was waiting on Chris turned around. Oh yeah. Other than that and the helicopter scene, the action was pretty much spot on with the exception of uh when those two guys, those two elite units were fighting uh what was her name? Nick. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His uh lady teammate. Yes. Yeah, so I was pretty much fine with it cuz I mean you get you get the idea that everything is a little bit different in this world you know i mean like he that whole i was honestly i was worried about this movie dear uh when i saw a trailer for it it was it was like the only thing i saw about the movie it was a teaser and it was when he's got the uh the riot shield in the prison yeah and he's like beating all those people up i went oh no i was like they're they're gonna take this too far um but for the most part, and I think this is something that can be discussed, um, she is not like most fem like I, I would say like modern like female action characters. Like I mean, she gets tossed around like a freaking yep. rag doll. I mean, she gets shot and beat up and stabbed, and like there are scenes where like half of her face is like black and blue. Um, and I honestly, I appreciate that. 
Like, yeah, you know, but one of the, th- you know, she probably couldn't have taken on the, in real life, right? She probably wasn't, wouldn't have been able to take on two guys at once like that. But because the choreography and the way that they handle the action in the movie, um, it's convincing enough that you go like, Right, yeah, of course, you know, most of the stuff in this probably wouldn't be possible in real life for, th- like, these three people to accomplish. Um, but yeah, right, you can't just zoom in on her. Yeah, it's not, fa- it, it's basically, it wouldn't be fair. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is, like, you know, they don't, they're not doing the uh, the female action star correctly. We talk about it all the time, you know? And so, to have one that's, like, you know, she she gets beat up. She, you know, like I said, all these things happen to her. Um, I guess we're in spoiler territory. Um, spoilers. If you're just reviewing something. We're gonna be. Spoiled. Yeah, I'll just say it now because it's probably one of the only like major things in the in the movie. Um, but like her brother dies. Yes. You know, she doesn't. You know, go she out of her way to like. There. Yeah, like. You know, oh, she does a sacrifice and she saves him, but also she didn't die in the process. Like, it's not like that. It's just, you know, she has a major loss in the movie. Um, you see her broken down, like beaten, and also Chris Hemsworth basically is like, "No, <laughs> you stay here." At the end of the movie, and he drives off without her. You know. Yep. Now, of course, she comes back, but that's that makes sense that yeah. that she would do something like that. So, yeah, and I, I it's. Because of her loss with her brother. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that there are plot problems in this movie. But to be honest, it's and I don't. This is not a criticism when I say this, but the the plot is so thin because it's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's it's you know these specific things happen which cause these things to happen which cause these things to happen and you know it it basically culminates in a final fight right it's very simple and that's kind of refreshing it is you know not every simple can be good yes as we say all the time not every movie needs to be like schindler's list or um parasite or yeah it, it it's nice to see and it's funny too, coming from the Russo brothers, because one of them wrote this movie, and to see them—oh, it was Joe. Yeah. So it's like, is his brother the one that has? <laughs> you the, saw the same thing I did. Yeah, because I when it, I I look at that stuff now because I knew the original one was at least produced by them. I don't know if they had a writing credit on that. Um, but we talk, you know, I I bring up the Gray Man occasionally, um, and the Gray Man is essentially the opposite of what Extraction 2 is. Everything that happens um, in Extraction 2, as far as like certain uh, beats, should have happened in The Gray Man. Um, and also yeah. they should have toned down some of the absurdness of The Gray Man. I mean, man, it it's hard to knock Extraction 2 when you have stuff like John Wick for... Uh, Gray Man, you know, um, even uh, like Winter Soldier, some some stuff like that from the the Russos, where you're like, y'all have have definitely had some trouble in the past with your ability to kind of make coherent action. Um, and so for them, I to, like Winter Soldier. Yeah, it it's all right. It's got problems. 
know, we can argue about that later. <laughs> um, I will defend that movie. <laughs> Civil War, different story, but no. Nah. Oh yeah, dude, it's way better. <laughs> We're drawing lines. Are you Team Joseph or Team Dan? <laughs> The underground is splitting up. <laughs> That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm I was so just pleasantly surprised with this one. I and it sucks because throughout the movie I kept kind of waiting for the the ball to drop. Um It's okay, Jenna. <laughs> Um, I but I was waiting for the ball to drop. I was waiting for them to just like surprisingly, Team J, do some sort of thing with it. You know, do the yeah. Ana de Armas gets the last kill sort oh, of thing. Yep. You just deflate the pace of the movie or do you know? And they didn't. I, I they they seem to handle it very respectfully. Um, like we were saying that I think the action is pretty great. Um, I know there's some stuff in it that's like a little over the top, but it is, that's all it is really is some of it is a little over the top and there's things in there you go like the latter thing is probably one of the more like egregious moments where you're like, bro, y'all couldn't have, you, you couldn't have just CG'd in a metal wall there instead of a ladder, you know? So like where the door like opens and closes instead of the ladder being the only thing blocking bullets right there. Um, in odd, that was a little bit of an odd moment. Um, I was rolling. Yeah, oh, I, I just oh. was like, oh, Then brother. there was that part where the kid runs back to, uh, not the not his father, but to the brother when they're leaving the tower and like they've all converged and they're in the alleyway. Yeah. And then Nick's brother, whatever his name is, is right there and saying, don't go to him and everything. But there's a pretty good separation between the brother or between the son and the brother, right? Yeah. And like in the next scene, we see that uh, Nick's brother, whatever his name is, has a uh, grenade. I'm like, why didn't you throw it? Yeah, yeah, throw I, it. I like, know what you're talking about. Yeah, there were a few mo. Yeah, there's a, there's definitely a few things like that. That's like, oh, well, why didn't you just do that to begin with? You know, yeah, that would have solved um, this whole thing. And I know that they have to do certain things, but there the thought crossed my mind. Of like you know they're supposed to be this elite extraction team, um, but they're always having problems. Yes, they're always running into this like. So at the very least, it would have been nice if like the prison part went well. Yeah, and right. then something else happens, you know. Um, but you know they're just trying to make you know they're trying to make a crazy action movie, and I I appreciate it, and I'm I'm okay just being like fine this is this is what's happening you know we're supposed to believe that he's had a lot of very well organized extractions before india right um and then everything since then has been more like well we're just gonna go in and blow everything up (laughs) even though technically it's i guess it's it's a little bit different this time um but yeah it's just you kind of we talk about it sometimes with the uh, there are these coincidences or these things that happen where it's like okay he's extracting the family out oh it's you know it just so happens that the little girl 
has this really loud toy that she drops on the like her favorite toy that she wants to bring with her just so happens to be incredibly loud. Yep. And we, you know, the entire prison is now aware of this like escape or whatever. Um and then everything <clears throat> just chaos ensues. Yeah. Um which was fun. I mean it's it's a really fun movie. Like you're not I don't think that if you like action movies, I don't think you're going to be disappointed with this. And no, nope. um, you know, I I like. It's not uh, as good as the first one to me. No, and it, I agree. It's I, I not think, as it's like a step below Violent Night for me. Okay, this this one, this one is yeah. Okay, interesting. Like I'd watch it again. Like I think it's a good movie. Yeah, I'll like, probably it's good. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to go back and watch the first one and then this one again at I some point. Very much thoroughly enjoy seeing Chris Hemsworth in this and not in Love and Thunder. Yes, oh dude, I, you know it's so funny that some of these these guys who are uh, I, this is something else I was thinking about was so you have Chris Hemsworth in this, um, you've got uh, Chris Pratt in um, the Terminal List, uh, and yep. then I. I feel Mario. bad because I can't remember his name, and he wasn't in Marvel. But the guy that's playing Reacher, who is just an absolute oh, yeah. unit, yep. I, I'm really glad that there is something of that variety of action star that is returned to media. Because Chris Hemsworth definitely has all of the like makings of an '80s action star, and so like I yep. I I hope that there are we get more of this in the future like not so much that it's you know we're just inundated with that style of movie um but i'm really happy to see that it's the it just there was something about after they escaped from the prison in this where he's like caring for the little girl and and it's Mm -hmm. just at this point i'm just huh and the son too. Yeah, yeah, but he was like holding her, you know, and like running through yeah. the, and and there was something about that that I was just like, I was like, I like this. <laughs> I was like, this movie is pretty good. Um, and I don't know. At this point, it's probably fair to say that I'm I'm a little biased when it comes to stuff like this, like a movie like this, or like I actually think Reacher terminal list and the extraction movies are like pretty excellent on their own um but i'm probably a little easier on stuff like this because it's such a breath of fresh air from a lot of the just overwritten garbage that we've been getting recently yeah um it it seems like there is a certain amount of understanding of uh character in those shows um that characters do certain things that make a lot of sense like chris hemsworth still you know feels a certain way about losing his son and so these kids that he ends up protecting or whatever you know he takes on a certain like fatherly role for them um and it affects the like decisions and the actions that he makes and um they need to to return a dirt you mean like make another Dirty Harry or have something in that style? Um, that's going to be tough right now. Yeah, it is. I don't know if they're gonna if anyone's gonna want to touch the vigilante like street vigilante uh, style hero of any kind. <laughs> um, 
that one that one might be a little bit of a of a tough go. Uh, I mean, like you remember the the drama over the uh, terminalist stuff, right? Yep. Where they're like, he's this conservative that's like going after yeah. government agents. Um. Well, yeah, that's what we all dream about. Yeah, at night. yeah, yeah. They, I think they did call it like a conservative's wet dream or some sort of <laughs> something like that. The one time they got it right. <laughs> <laughs> they man, but these those shows still can't help but make some sort of federal agent, you know, a hero. <laughs> Yeah, they can't. They cannot help themselves, man. I was talking about that in another vein today. I was talking with a buddy of mine at work. I was like, man, they really cannot help. But any time they have anyone who's remotely Republican, right, just remotely, like, conservative, I should yeah. say, like, they're automatically a fascist Nazi, you know, It's so in the boring. Show. It's so boring. That's essentially what the secession show is about on hbo that everyone's been raving about oh I've watched, yeah i've been watching it yeah eh. i'm just laughing through at it seeing all the subtle um yeah you know nods to i everything. don't know man i think it's really funny sometimes that's like you know you're considered sort of like a uh well-rounded adult for watching something like secession but like i can't watch anime without people looking at me <laughs> in a weird way and i'm like but you don't understand, and it's like no, it secession is is absolutely within like window of uh, allowable opinion. But you know, can't be watching Demon Slayer as an adult. It's kind of it's kind of funny thinking about them saying you saying that. That is funny, and then also you can't watch the Terminal List without being accused of oh hey, you know if you're conservative this is this show is your wet dream when it's like they're going after corrupted politicians who are doing terrible things and, yeah, and yeah. agents you know like it's not like they're going after someone a federal agent who's good you know what i mean yeah yeah who just like doesn't understand how the agency works or whatever and yeah. gets caught up in the <laughs> literally yeah. going after the most corrupt people and evil people yeah 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 um, like, no they just don't see it so that way people. and everything's so binary with this stuff where and i know that's probably a dog whistle for somebody out there but it's like that's that's the case is that things can be a little more nuanced in storytelling than just like you know oh it's you know this could cause you know domestic terrorism or whatever it's like okay that's and i don't know if you've noticed that too but it's like with everything now um everything is literally just terrorism now Yes, it is. You know, it's like saying hello to your neighbor. It could could be just they could consider that terrorism. <laughs> yeah, criticizing a movie, you're labeled a domestic terrorism terrorist, depending on the movie. Now, uh huh. Um, it's weird. We live in the weird, like a weird timeline. What's line. that? What's that group? That really liberal group that names like all the uh organizations that are the, terrorists or racist or whatnot you know what i'm talking about the yeah, sblc or something like that it, the southern poverty law center law center is that what it is yeah i think it is hey yeah. together we are one brain <laughs> the underground is definitely on their list <laughs> <laughs> nothing is binary just only bipolar <laughs> oh man that's the thing, man. Is like you just can't 
you can't say almost anything anymore without someone being like, huh? Well, why'd you say that? Or whatever. And you're like, eh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, yes, highly recommend Extraction 2, especially if you liked the first one. I think it's a solid follow-up. And if they can do it again one more time, because I assume they're going to try to do a trilogy, um, if they can do it one more time, and just let that be the end, and it's just as solid as this one, um, you know, I'll be pretty happy, man. It'd be nice to actually be like, yeah, I can, I, I can recommend a modern trilogy. <laughs> you like action movies? Right. You're probably going to like this. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the third one. If it comes out. If it comes out, yeah. I know that uh, Chris Hemsworth has been, he kind of like semi-retired. Um, he was, uh, I don't think he has it, but he, uh, his family has a history of dementia, I think. The oh, troll room yeah, might know yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but, he, so I know he was considering taking some time away, but the way that this ends makes me think like he might come back to finish this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I may have to write him a letter. <laughs> please. <laughs> Pretty please? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. Pretty well, please, Mr. Hemsworth. <laughs> do, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we close out? <laughs> I think it's been weird enough for one episode. All righty. Well, thank you to everyone wherever. Uh, my sis gave me the you don't believe in the WEF stuff, do you? W-E-F? Yeah. Oh, the World Economic Forum. Okay, sorry. <laughs> like, uh, I was trying to think of something funny there's, to call yeah, it. There's too many uh, acronyms these days, and sometimes I'm like, hang on. I'm like, I gotta go back into my memory bank. Um, But thank you guys for... That's what the plus stands for in LGBTQ. Is W-E-F? Yeah. Uh, mm. I love the show this week. Well, we love that you love the show, Jenna. Um, and uh, thank you to everyone else who has listened to this in whatever format that you have caught up with us. Um, hopefully, I will be a little more consistent. Uh, I'm not going on any kind of work trips anytime soon for at least like two months or so. Um, I do have vacation at some point. Uh, but other than that, we should be back to some sort of regularly scheduled programming. Um, but this has been episode 139 of The Underground. And until next time, y'all take it easy. See ya, nerds. <laughs>